It is Friday, November 18th. Welcome back to another edition of Baseball Today. I am Trevor Ploof. I just said my own name wrong. That's okay. With me today is super producer Dan Rourke, and we are sending our best to my co-host, who's not here today, C. Rosie. As most of you know, he had a little back surgery. He's doing okay. He's resting at home, uh, but he can't really sit right now for 30 minutes or so to give you the show. So we're giving him the day off. I'm running this thing solo today. It's kind of been a dream of mine to get rid of C. Rosie and just kind of run it on my own. Uh, and we're going to do that today. And kind of a lot to talk about, even though we're in the offseason, uh, award season has ended. We've named some MVPs. We've gone over managers of the year, rookies of the year, uh, been a few signings, some trades already. So things are popping in the baseball season. Let's get started right away. We're going to start at the top. Judge and Goldie win MVP, and there really wasn't, it really wasn't close. Uh, Dan Rourke called for this ahead of time. Judge wins almost unanimously. Uh, Shohei Otani, my pick for MVP, got two first place votes by, I believe, two Angels writers. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, but Judge obviously takes it home and he had a historic season. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Then I'll bring in my guy, Dan Rourke, to kind of really put everything to bed. Uh, I was reading an article on The Athletic and they're talking about F4 seasons. Now, uh, Judge put together an 11.4 F4 season this year. Uh, Since 1956, there's only been four instances where a player had a higher F4 than him, and that's Barry Bonds three times, and then Mickey Mantle in 1956. I don't know if you guys know who Mickey Mantle is. He's pretty good at baseball. Uh, But Judge led everything offensively, OPS, on-base percentage, WOBA, ex-WOBA, weighted runs created plus, Everything you can think of, uh, he had a magical offensive season. But I think we, when we talk about Judge, we don't give it enough credence. Uh, we don't give enough credence to it, the other part of his game. I think he had 16 stolen bases this year, so he gets it done on the base pass. And then he plays an outstanding outfield. So when you put all those things together, he had one of the best seasons uh, we've seen in baseball. Now, of course, you know how I feel about Otani. He finished second in the Cy Young voting and also, I believe, had a 145 uh, way to run created plus. So it's, or excuse me, that's an OPS plus. He had an incredible season, but Judge takes it home. And and you know what? He deserves it. I mean, the guy went off and there's nobody better to explain it a little bit further than my good friend, Dan. Dan, why don't you step in and just kind of give Judge a little bit of credit. I know you had some stuff on your show, Yankees Avenue. Uh, talking about him so go ahead Dan yeah well I mean the main thing that I was saying on my show was as for this season I think there's one stat that really puts it all in perspective so Judge had a 207 WRC plus this year so that obviously means he was 107 points better than a a league average hitter there have been four hitters in baseball history to have a 207 WRC plus you want to know who those guys are yes Babe Ruth Mickey Mantle and Barry Bonds and Mm. Aaron Judge they have a 207 WRC plus season. So with that already, it's one of the greatest seasons of all time. But you look at the circumstances that he was facing. One, and I hate bringing it up, he did it clean. Two, okay. offense is at its worst place since the lab, uh, ball era began. So great season, no doubt about it. And I'm not sure this is what you want to get into here or not. But as a Yankee fan, growing up in the era that I have, you know, It's not exactly the same experience that my dad got, my grandparents got in terms of world championships. But the thing that I'll always appreciate about Judge is that I'll never feel cheated 
by not having a Yankee legend. You know, you hear all these things about, you know, there's Babe Ruth, there's Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, all these great players that, you know, Yankee fans got to watch. I'll always have what I consider to be one of the greatest Yankees of all time in Aaron Judge. Now, that's not me saying that Babe Ruth, or that's not me saying he's as good as Ruth or good as Mantle or any of those guys, but he's absolutely in that same class, especially after having, like I said, one of the greatest seasons of all time. And it's something I appreciate as a Yankee fan, man. I, I really do. Well, you should. And you've been on the train since day one. So congratulations. I feel like this is kind of your MVP award as well. You, you deserve it. You've cheered him on. Uh, you had his back even when I was telling you there's no way he's having a better season than Shohei Otani. And you know what? You're right this year. He won it. He won the MVP fair and square. Some people feel like he should have won it in 2017. I'm sure you're one of those people. Uh, but now he has the hardware. Uh, I'm happy for Judge. Yeah, no, thank you. And I, I don't want to rub it in too much, but we got into it, I think, on the AMP portion a couple of months back about uh, how the voting would turn out. Were you surprised that Otani only got two votes? I wasn't surprised like now. During the season, if you told me he's only going to get two votes, I would have been surprised. But the more and more the season went on and the more and more you just kind of read what was going on from these writers, you you understood the judge was going to win this award. It was It was kind of... A, a no-brainer for these people to me it's just it's just not that way and, and it's gonna be really hard to convince me otherwise but in the end this is i don't want to take i don't want this to be about otani versus judge i just want to praise judge for an incredible season that he had and that is your time get off the mic bro you did enough let's move on to goldie a little bit goldie goes he's with the cardinals has an incredible season he wins the mvp machado comes in second arenado comes in third and with Goldie, we really saw him take over the league offensively. Now, during September and into October and into the playoffs, he kind of uh, faltered a little bit, went back. Uh, but I think overall, his body of work kind of spoke for itself. Um, he led the National League with seven and a half offensive war. Uh, Machado was second at 7.1. And then Freeman and Arenado were kind of further down the ladder in that regard. But I'm happy for Goldschmidt. Uh, Goldie's been one of the guys that's universally cheered for uh, amongst players. He's probably your favorite player's favorite player, kind of one of those things. Um, but he's done it all. He's never won an MVP. He's come close. I think in 2015, he got second. Uh, for him to do this at his age 35 season is really incredible. And, and some of his numbers probably would have been better. His defensive numbers took a, a dive this year, which is Kind of strange. I think he won a gold glove last year, and he, he's known as one of the better uh, first basemen, defensive first basemen also uh, in all the baseball. So sometimes those numbers don't make much sense. I think with Goldie, it kind of is that way this year. But congrats, congrats to him. Um, you know, Machado, what he was able to do in San Diego after Tatis, you know, basically didn't play or didn't play. Uh, for Machado to step up and kind of lead his team the way he did, I thought was very special. I'm a big Manny Machado fan. And I think the more we see this guy play and flourish and, and what he's doing as far as leadership values in San Diego, I think he's going to get more and more respect as his career starts to, um, you know, get into its latter stages. This guy's on a Hall of Fame trajectory and one of the best players in the game. And again, he's one of the guys that if you play with them or you know guys that know him, they all love him. So sometimes the media messes with his perception a little bit, and I don't think that should be the case. So shout out Goldie, shout out. Uh, Machado and Arenado for having an incredible season. Arenado takes home the platinum glove. He's won 10 gold gloves in a row. It's actually insane. Man. The Cardinals are really good. Uh, let's kind of wrap the rest of the awards up all together. Um, what do we got here? JV, 
Justin Verlander and Alcantara, they win the Cy Young. That was really kind of a no-brainer. Um, in the National League, Max Fried finishes second with 72 points, Urias 66. Sandy got 30 first-place votes. He was unanimous. And guess what? It was unanimous also in the American League. JV gets 210 30 first-place votes. Uh, behind him was Dylan Cease and then Alec Manoa and Shohei Otani, my guy. Great hitter, also finished fourth in the Cy Young voting. Uh, JV doing it after coming off of TJ at, at his age and helping the Astros win the World Series. That's an incredible story. He now heads off into free agency, and the Astros will do anything they can to get him back. And then Sandy, you know, six complete games. He was just a workhorse with elite stuff. You just don't see that that often. And uh, Max Fried, who finished second, famously said during the season, Sandy's the best pitcher in the National League. So once you say that, Max, you kind of you can't win the Cy Young that year. But um, that's just who Max is. He's a nice guy. So congrats to those guys. Tito and Buck take home manager of the year. Uh, two baseball heads, oldies, if you will, kind of navigating different types of teams. Um, Tito in Cleveland doing his thing with a young squad, helping them feel comfortable, leading them to a AL Central title and into the playoffs. Um, and then you have Buck kind of showing up um, with the Mets and, and taking over that clubhouse that it seemed kind of erratic and stabilizing it there, taking them to the postseason. Congrats to both of them. Those are great managers. And, and, and again, you know, a lot of these people we're talking about now are just so praised throughout the game. And, and Tito and Buck are, are no different. And then rounding out the awards. And this one, these are the ones that had a little bit of – you know, contention, I guess you will. J-Rod was going to win AL Rookie of the Year. Julio Rodriguez wins it for the Mariners in the American League. That really wasn't anybody but him. Um, it was him and Adley, and then I believe Pena. So those guys just went off and did it. Uh, Money Mike winning Rookie of the Year was kind of, uh, it was interesting. It was between him and Spencer Strider. Strider took home um, a couple different awards as far as Rookie of the Year in the National League. I think the players chose him. And then there was another sort of writing group that chose him as the rookie of the year. But Money Mike takes the one that kind of matters, if you will. He wins rookie of the year. And, you know, there's not much to be said about these two guys, except they came up and stabilized outfields for two playoff teams. And, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is a superstar. Uh, Money Mike gets his contract. He's looking like a superstar. And both these franchises are in really good spots because of these two guys. So shout out both of them. Um, J-Rod and Money Mike winning the rookie of the year. That's award season. And I'm not sure if we all like it, uh, the way that Major League Baseball does it. It seems like they kind of wait too long. They should do this maybe during the World Series or something like that. Um, but here we are, and those are all the awards. Money, Money, Mike. I love that. Speaking of money... I know how to save you money and I know how to make you look good. We're talking about Muggsy jeans. Um, you know, Chris Rose likes to talk about looking good and feeling good. Now he's a guy, his weight kind of fluctuates. So he loves these Muggsy jeans because they're a little stretchy. And when you got a little extra on you, it doesn't feel so tight. Regular jeans feel real tight and restricting. These ones don't. If you're a guy like me, who's always in tip top shape, real strong, you know, these give you those quads a little bit of room to stretch out as well. Cause when I start uh, squatting a lot, these quads get big. I need jeans that can kind of move with me. 
Um, and it's jeans season. It's getting cold out here. These are so soft. You feel like you're wearing sweatpants, but they're so stylish. You look like a model uh, when you're wearing it. It's the holiday season, and we have a massive deal. It's the biggest one of the year for Muggsy. 30% off uh, site-wide. Uh, Free shipping, free returns as always, but you don't even need a code. You don't have to type in baseball or Chris Rose's back or anything like that. You just go to mugsy.com for up to 30% off the entire site. And they have jeans, they have jackets and tops, a bunch of different stuff. I promise you, if they can make C Rose look good, they can make you look good. So go to mugsy.com for that 30% off the entire site. That's a massive, massive deal. Even Dan Rourke, might look good in these jeans. And that's that's saying something there. Okay, let's move on in this show. Uh, we're going to go with a couple of trades that already happened. And, you know, sometimes around this time, uh, these things happen, these trades, because teams have to protect certain guys from the Rule 5 draft. And what that means is you have a 40-man roster. You can have 40 guys on that roster who are not subject to the Rule 5 draft. They're, you protect them, if you will. So if you have a bunch of guys who you need to protect and some older guys that are nearing kind of the end of your control, you tend to trade them. And that's what happened uh, with Teoscar Hernandez. He goes to the Mariners uh, for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. And I think this is a trade that I like for both sides. Now, Teoscar, a really good right-handed bat, right-handed outfielder, you know, at times has been one of the premier um, RBI guys in the game, just a really nice bat for the middle of the order. And what the Blue Jays needed was some left-handed bats. And everyone talked about how right-handed they were. This is going to give them the ability to, to maybe go become a little bit more left-handed. And then for the Mariners, they just need bats and they need outfielders. You know, you got J-Rod in center field. Now with Hanniger being a free agent, you can move Teoscar out there and probably pick up somebody else. I think right now Kelnick's slated to be in the outfield. I don't know if that's going to be the case come opening day i think they're going to go make a move uh and, and do and get another outfielder but teoscar is a really good start for them a great player and that mariners team is looking really really good and they give up eric swanson who had a really good year and for the blue jays this gives them a chance to solidify the bullpen and most teams are always looking to solidify the bullpen uh, he's got swing and miss stuff which is always very good uh, when you're looking for guys in the back ends of games they can shut out put up fires all that good stuff so I really do think this is a trade that helps both teams. Teoscar only has one more year of control, and that's another thing that the Blue Jays look at there is, okay, well, we got a couple guys. It's him, Lords Goriel Jr., and it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they moved on from him too with one year of control left, but, but they got the ball rolling with Teoscar. And like I said, I'm excited for both sides of this trade. Now, because the Mariners you know, have J-Rod, they're bringing over Teoscar, it kind of allowed for them to get rid of or not get rid of, but to trade uh, Kyle Lewis to Jake snakes, Kyle Lewis. If you remember one 2020 um, AL rookie of the year, hasn't had the success um, again since 2020, but he's been battling some injuries, uh, a former very high draft pick for the Mariners. Obviously the pedigree is there and Jake snakes are looking to capitalize on that. You know, sometimes you need a change of scenery and, just to be healthy and maybe their rehab is better than the Mariners rehab for this particular injury. We'll see. I think it's a, a buy low type of trade for the Mariner or for, excuse me, for Jake snakes. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. I like it for both squads again, or not both squads, but Kyle Lewis. I like it for him getting an opportunity 
to play. Although, you know, the snakes kind of have a nice little outfield going there. You know, you have, um, what's the guy's name? Carol, who is a stud, you have Varsho, and then you have another guy that I'm forgetting right now. McCarthy, I think is his name. So we'll see where Kyle Lewis fits in there, but new organization, new life, new blood, all that good stuff. I think it'll be good for him. And I think that's kind of the big trades that we'll talk about. Uh, we'll get into now uh, some signings. And I might bring Dan back in for this one because we're going to start off with Rizzo. He goes back to the Yankees. He gets two years, $40 million guaranteed. The way it's structured is it's actually a three-year a three year deal with a team option for the third year. It's a two-year, 17 a year he gets. And then the buyout for that third year is $6 million. So in total... He's guaranteed $40 million bucks. I like this move for the Yankees. I think he stabilized the infield defense a little bit over there. He's really good. He makes you feel confident as an infielder throwing over to him as a, a great first baseman over there. But I think he handles the pressure of New York well and he really just fit in. And like Yankee fans love him. I talked to Dan about the Yankees kind of like off-season needs and obviously besides re-signing judge getting him to come back uh, you mentioned dan that rizzo was one of the guys that you wanted back i think joe's mcfly echoed that so if you want to come in and and, and talk about it a little bit i'd welcome it all right bet yeah <clears throat> excuse me damn um dude first of all i thought it was an absolute steal going into the offseason i was thinking that at the very least it would take three years to get rizzo like guaranteed three years the 17 mil, I thought, you know, he probably would get right around there. But I think it shows one thing, or at least one main thing, and this is huge to me as a Yankee fan. Rizzo loves being a Yankee. And, you know, you hear all this nonsense about, I'm not sure if you saw the article that was put out a couple weeks back by Andy Martino, but saying how inside the Yankee clubhouse, players are not pleased with the way fans treat him. And, like, the Yankee experience isn't all that great. Well, when one of the more respected players in the league and Anthony Rizzo and just one outside of judge, probably the, the biggest voice in that clubhouse, he clearly has no problem. He enjoyed his time here. He says he loves being a Yankee, and I think the deal kind of shows that. But, yeah, no, I mean, one, Judge and Rizzo are best friends. So not that it's going to you know, be a huge deal, but if they were to not resign him, it probably wouldn't help the Judge sweepstakes. So that, that's good. But also, too, I, also, I always say this about Rizzo. There's been so many problems with the Yankees roster over the last few years, and obviously this, this past year in 2022. Rizzo's not one of them. On the field, one of the best first basemen in baseball, 32 homers. 132 WRC plus the defense is still really good. And then, you know, another thing we always hear speaking of the clubhouse is that we don't have enough winners. We don't have like the right mindset, whatever that may mean. I'm not sure if there's any, you know, validity to that, but Rizzo, you hear all the time that he's one of the more respected players in the league. So all in all, it was a no brainer to bring him back. And I'm very pumped about it. I think you're right. I think that this doesn't hurt getting Aaron judge Aaron judge back. I don't think it's like the one thing that's going to make him sign back, but you got to prove to judge that you're going to continue to compete. And the Yankees have a lot of stuff they need to figure out before next season. Obviously judge is the big one, but there's other, you know, auxiliary parts that need to happen decisions that need to be made. I mean, these young shortstops better be good, bro. They better be good because there are some names out there that, the Yankees could go get, but they're not going to get because they have these guys. So we're going to, Dan seems to think maybe they'll go after one of these guys. I'm not so sure about that. Maybe that's for another day. Uh, but congrats to Rizzo and the Yankees. I think that, like you said, Dan, was an excellent deal. Um, and, you know, the money is, the money's right, I think, for both sides. And you do get a proven 
clubhouse guy, winner, a guy that's going to continue a nice atmosphere uh, for Yankee players and help these young guys. Because you're talking about playing in New York. I said the same thing about New York, Philly, even in Chicago, the White Sox. These are places where it's difficult to play if you play bad. And it's really awesome to play if you play well. So it's like you kind of have to take the good with the bad. If you play in one of these places, you understand there's going to be some extreme highs and some extreme lows. And you just got to be able to deal with it. If you go in there with that mindset, understanding that's going to happen to you, I think it serves you well. So Rizzo doesn't care about that. He knows he's good. Very confident. I like that about Rizzo. He seems truly, truly confident. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Couple, couple pitchers staying in L.A., and not just the Dodgers, Tyler Anderson, he gets three years and a reported 40 million from the angels. Um, he signed a one year, eight bet on himself deal with the Dodgers has a fantastic year. Now he goes and cashes in with the angels. Clearly the angels, uh, they're another team that needs a lot. Adding Anderson kind of is shaping out their rotation. I think it could be okay. There's some young guys there. There's some, there's some talent there. Now the angels just have to prove it to me, you know, through a season. Uh, and, and do a lot more, but I'm happy for Anderson. I think this is the right step for the angels. Uh, the other one that's back in LA reportedly is Clayton Kershaw. Uh, and every single off season as of late, we hear, well, is he going to go back to Texas where he's from? This dude is a Dodger. He's going to get a statue. I think he should stay with the Dodgers his entire career because he means a lot to the organization and to the city of LA. So he's coming back on a one-year deal. I don't know what the number is going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be right around right around 20 million, something like that. But honestly, he's one of the more disrespected pitchers in all the baseball. Clayton Kershaw is a hall of famer. He's one of the best pitchers of our generation, but people sometimes forget about that, but he's back in LA. And again, the Dodgers kind of like the Yankees. I mean, we see these teams as perennial contenders. The Dodgers have some holes to fill and, and some question marks. I think they're going to fill their rotation with some young guys from there um farm system i think they're also going to go out and try to get a bunch of guys they like rotational depth that served them well even this last year so congrats to those guys we're going to end things on the youtube portion of our show before we head over to amp talking about rob manfred my guy bobby he spoke at the gm meetings and talked about a bunch of different things um one situation that happened and he had to talk about and this is about Aaron Judge and you know we're talking about where is he going to go he's on a platform year where he won the MVP 62 home runs you know what he did so you expect him to be suited by everyone but Andy Martino of SNY a Mets owned media company went out and said that there's a, an agreement an unspoken agreement between Cohen and the Steinbrenners about how Judge should be in New York and on the Yankees, not on the Mets. And now whether that's true or not, it was reported by him. That's a type of collusion. You can't have owners talking about, well, he, he's not going to go to this team. You know, you want to be able to, to be available, a truly free agent. And if this is true, it's, it's, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, collusion has been proved um, a couple of different times against the owners. I don't know how far this is going to get. Uh, but Manfred did have to answer questions on that, uh, which I thought was was interesting. He said that they'll be able to prove without a shred of doubt that this did not happen. Um, but still an interesting case there. He talked about Pete Rose. Pete Rose wrote a letter to him 
uh, asking for reinstatement. This is, you know, been a couple of times now that he's asked Manfred for reinstatement. It sounds like Rob is pretty adamant about keeping him out of baseball. Now he says, as far as the Hall of Fame, that's a different thing. And maybe the Hall of Fame board could talk about that in Pete Rose. But as far as baseball bringing him back in, it sounds like that's unlikely um, anytime soon. And then he talked about some of the changes uh, that are coming in the 2023 season. I think we all know banning the shift, uh, pitch clock, and limiting the amount of times a, a pitcher can throw over to first base on a pickoff. So there's some interesting ones. He said in 2024, we might have some more, but nothing as big as what's happening in 2023. And he says he's aware, he understands it's a lot, uh, but he thinks it's going to be better for the game. We've spoke on this before. I think most of the things coming, I think, will help the game and the pace of it. Uh, the pitch clock has everyone uh, riled up, but I played with it, and I think it is going to be a good thing for the game. So I'm actually agreeing with you, Rob. How about that? How about our growth in our relationship? That's it for today. Thank you for joining me on this special, special solo edition of Baseball Today. Producer Dan, thank you for your contributions as always. And everybody in the comments, leave Chris Rose, uh, you know, some get well wishes. Say, see Rose, hope your back is feeling better. And then you can also tell him Trevor did such a good job on the show. Maybe just take a few more weeks off. I'll do the solo all the time. Anyways, that's it for today. Uh, I think we'll be back next week on Monday and then Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Check us out twice. Uh, check our socials to make sure what time we're going, and we will see you then. <laughs>